Welcome to the WatermarkOC.Church podcast. Thank you for listening. We're so excited you're here this morning. Thanks for coming, especially if you're here for the first time. We just want to extend a welcome greeting to you, and uh, thanks for hanging out. It's a special day, right? Super Bowl Sunday. Pretty excited, huh? We've got a good game going, hopefully. Hopefully a good game. I just know one thing. I am glad I'm not in Minnesota this morning. It's a little chilly in Minnesota, I think. I'm going to be at home in Southern California. Great weather. What an amazing day. Watching a great game with family and friends. And I hope you, you guys have a great day, too. Just enjoying the game, enjoying all the blessings that you have. We've been in a series called Why the Bible Matters. I want to talk about that a little bit this morning. And, and I, I found out as I was looking at the Super Bowl game and searching the Internet, kind of an incredible video. I mean, uh, Mel, who's our technical officer, is going to upload it. And this kind of shows why the Bible matters to some of the guys who are going to play the game today. They have a way bigger vision for life than just the Super Bowl. And hopefully Mel can get it fired up here. We're, we're a little technologically challenged at Watermark because we got some old stuff here. Mel, how you doing? Okay? Go ahead. Let's watch this real quick. Minneapolis for CBN's coverage of Super Bowl 52. It's the Philadelphia Eagles versus Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. A rematch 13 years in the making. We're talking Super Bowl 39. So heading into Sunday's game, the Eagles are hoping to capture their first Super Bowl championship in history. The Patriots, on the other hand, are simply trying to add another ring to their dynasty. So as you can imagine, there's a whole lot of pressure on players to win. And while that's important, some of them say that they're playing for a whole lot more than a Super Bowl championship. The Philadelphia Eagles have arguably been the best team in the NFL all season. And safety Malcolm Jenkins says it has a lot to do with the brotherhood of faith he and a lot of his teammates formed in the offseason through Bible studies, praying together, and even baptism. I've seen at least three guys get baptized at the team facility. That, that's, I don't think that's happening anywhere. Um, and it's, it's just one of those things that faith is important to a lot of guys on this team, and we commune with each other oftentimes. We, we talk about it, we pray together, and um, it's, it's been unique and, and special to, to watch that unfold in the NFL locker room. Tight end Zach Ertz agrees with Malcolm and says he is personally reaping the benefits of a faith-filled locker room. I dedicated uh, my life to Christ uh, back in March. I was baptized in March. I got married the next day. And uh, our marriage has been built on that foundation of the Word and Jesus. And uh, it's changed my life. And just to have these guys hold me accountable on a daily basis has been phenomenal for me. I hope I do the same for them. As a team, we are, we are strong in the faith. We, people say underdogs. And we're like, we consider ourselves blessed. Carson Wentz tore his ACL in week 14. Many questioned whether quarterback Nick Foles had the goods to lead the team all the way to a championship. Now, they're playing in their first Super Bowl in 13 years, and he says it's all because of God's faithfulness. My faith in the Lord is everything. Um, You know, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, That's first and foremost. That's everything. I wouldn't be able to do this game without him. I don't have the strength to go out here and do this. This is supernatural but uh it's also you know opportunity to go out there and you know share what he's done in my life and it's not about prospering at all it's about how he's humbled me um in my weaknesses he made me strong uh second corinthians 12 9 you know whenever i was at my lowest that's where you know my relationship with christ grew the new england patriots have won two that hey that's awesome isn't it that that video inspired me and uh, it made me just excited about the game. I know there's guys on the Patriots team that have that same vision and philosophy. 
And really, this morning, this is what I want to put before you. That's why the Bible matters. The Bible matters because it gives us a vision for a supernatural life. The Bible matters because it gives us a vision for a supernatural life. These men would love to win a Super Bowl, and that's a great thing. Nothing wrong with that. Awesome stuff. But these men are filled with a vision that's way bigger than a Super Bowl championship. It's a vision that impacts every aspect of their life, their families and their marriages. This young man, my marriage is built on the foundation of Jesus Christ and God's word. The fellowship in the locker room, this is not about competition and about ego and who's the best. This is about teamwork and the brotherhood of men that are keeping each other accountable on a great path of faith. They meet together. They pray together. This is about using this platform, Nick Foles, right? Hey, this, I'm here because of a supernatural God who put me here, and I'm just using this as a platform to share about how he's changed my life. You see, these guys are fueled with way bigger than a a vision for just natural earthly success. They're fueled with a vision of eternal abundant life, a supernatural vision. That's why the Bible matters. That's why it matters to us today. It's an ancient book. It's it's the bestseller of all time. It was written over 1,500 years, 66 books, 27 individuals wrote parts of this book and yet it has one unifying theme from beginning to end that is God's creative redemptive love for all of mankind it is a supernatural book inspired by God written by men under the power of the Holy Spirit given to us so that we could have a supernatural vision for life it is God's game plan for life You know, when both of these teams won their prospective championships, the coaching staffs had two weeks. They they don't take Monday off. They start working after one game finishes. They start working for the next games to come. They start reviewing game films, right? Sunday after the championship, those coaches start thinking about what are the game films what, what, what are the scouting reports on the Philadelphia Eagles, if you're the Patriots guys? What are the scouting reports? They start watching game films right away of all different types of plays and positions that these teams have used. They meet with each individual player and have a coaching session on Monday morning and go over their spots, their positions, and how they played last week. And they give them a grade. They, from week to week, they, they make them watch the film and you get a grade. And then after they do that, all the coaches come together, and each coach gives his ideas. Here's the plays that we're going to use to be successful in the Super Bowl. Do you know they have, they have like the Patriots, have over 1,500 plays in their playbook? Could you imagine that? 1,500 plays. And in a week's time, they have to boil that down to 150 plays that every player has to know and execute. Right? 150 plays that these coaches dialogue, they battle together, and they come up, and Bill Belichick, or the head coach of the Philadelphia, says, that's it, that's the game plan that's going to win the Super Bowl. Isn't that an amazing process? How much teamwork, how much brain power, head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, to put, put together a Super Bowl game plan for life? And do you realize that this book right here does not claim to be a Super Bowl textbook? It claims to be a supernatural plan for your life. 
not written by men, written by God, the author and creator of all life, wrote this book to show you how life should be lived and what you were created before and what life was intended for. It offers us a supernatural plan of life. It's not just focusing on uh, earthly returns, Super Bowl trophies, but transformation of the whole life. It's not just about what my life plan is, what my life goals are. It's about loving, lasting relationships with God and with others that are eternal. It's not just about, you know, external stuff that makes us happy that's short-term and temporary. Nothing wrong with that, but it's about a soul connection, a peace that surpasses understanding, a satisfaction that truly lasts. The book promises to be a supernatural game plan for life authored by God the Father, perfectly played by Jesus the Son. You want to know the perfect game film? Read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's the way the game was meant to be played. God took on skin in Jesus Christ and played the game perfectly. Right for us to see the Bible captures that in the Gospels. Read them, watch the game films. This is how the game's meant to be played. And not only that, it's not just a a book with words. It is a supernatural book authored by the Holy Spirit, right? Spirit breathed. And when we have that spirit inside of us, the Spirit of God empowers us to live this book. Writes it on our hearts and our minds so that we can live a supernatural life right here, right now in Orange County in our marriages, our relationships to our children, our workplace, our coworkers, our friends, our neighbors, challenges, victories, and defeats. This book promises to be the game plan for life. Look at what uh, it says in Joshua 1.8. Joshua was a new quarterback. Could you imagine trying to take over for Tom Brady? (laughs) Can you imagine the guy who gets in the seat after Tom Brady retires? He's going to be going, oh, there's no way. What are you going to say to this new guy that comes onto the scene? Guess who Joshua took over for? The Tom Brady of the Old Testament. Moses, right? The dude's a pretty big guy. He got the law. He brought the people out of slavery. Incredible, uh, miraculous things. You know, you see the Ten Commandments, right? Incredible miracles. He freed the children of Israel from slavery. And Joshua's taking over after him. How can Joshua be like Moses? How can he be successful? Here's what God says to him. Joshua, I'm going to coach you through this whole thing as you take God's people into the promised land. Here's what he says. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, Joshua. As you lead, when you open your mouth, you want my wisdom to come out. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, Joshua? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This book promises a supernatural game plan for a successful life the way God created it and intended it to be. And God encourages us like Joshua as we go into the challenges of our life, as we face promises, opportunities, and difficulties, right, in our marriages. When I sit with a young couple that's going to get married, I get to counsel couples before marriage, they're out there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. They're looking at the promised land of Orange County, man. Money, power, success. I want the house. I want the dream. I want the job. Hey, guys, you want to be successful? Take this book. 
Read it together. Worship together. It will show you to have a, how to have a marriage that lasts. It will show you to have, how to have satisfaction beyond money, power, and success. It will help you to dream of things that are beyond the grave, beyond death, that are eternal and transformative for all of eternity. With this book, you will walk with God and he will walk with you. This is the way to have true success in the OC. Do you know what the divorce rate amongst couples that pray together, read the Bible together, and worship together? Do you know what it is? The divorce rate in Orange County is about 50 to 60% right now. The divorce, this, is, this is data that's been researched. The divorce rate amongst couples that pray together and worship together is 1 in 1,200. 1 in 12. Do you think that's a supernatural plan? Do you think there's something to this book? Take this book. Build your life upon this book. Meditate it. Memorize it. Be careful to do it according to what it says, and it will show you true success, a supernatural life. It will give you a vision for supernatural life. The question I have for you today, if you believe as a Christian, and maybe some of you are just seeking God and have questions about the Bible, and we'd love to walk with you and have a dialogue with you about that, but if you're here today and you say, yeah, I've said yes to Jesus Christ, I believe in the Bible, the question is, are you letting God call the plays in your life if you are a christian and you say i believe this book is from god this is a supernatural book i got about i got seven of them in my house i got them on my phone the question is are you letting god make the calls in your daily life do you know as good as tom brady is as good as nick Foles are as as amazing of maturity and things that they've done do you know they've got something on their arm have you seen the nfl quarterbacks they put this whole thing on their arm that's pasted have you ever seen it's pasted you know what those are those are those game game plan plays that they've all agreed upon that the offensive coordinator bob belichick bill belichick is bought off and those were on tom brady's arm that's the game plan for the super bowl it's tattooed on his arm do you know that those quarterbacks have a headphone in their ear do you know they have a headphone, a radio receiver, and the offensive coordinator is calling the plays and telling them what's happened because he's got somebody up in the booth and he sees the big game. And what, what Tom Brady and what Nick Foles have said, guess what? This is not my game plan. Could you imagine if Tom Brady said, hey, Bill, why don't you take the Super Bowl off, dude? I got to figure it out this time. I'm just going to call my own place. I'm going to set my own game plan. I think I'm smarter. I think I've been around long enough. So you guys just take the weekend off. I'll take care of the whole show. What do you think, Bill Belichick? Oh, sure, Tom, do whatever you want to. I don't think so. I don't think the owner of the Patriots would let that happen. You know why Tom Brady has been successful? Because he has Bill Belichick and he has an amazing offensive coordinator that feed him and equip him so he can be successful in the game of life. How many Christians take this book and say, hey, thanks, God. <laughs> it's really nice, man, but I'm going to call the plays today in my marriage. I'm calling the plays when I come home with my wife. I'm calling the plays with my kid. I'm going to deal with him the way I want to deal with him. You know this money? This is my money, God. I'll call the financial plays. I'll spend what I want to. I'll do what I want to. What do you think? How does that go for you when that happens? Well, if my wife was up here, she would say, hey, when Bucky calls the plays, when he comes from, it doesn't go so well. <laughs> the, the, the plays don't go so well when Bucky's in charge of the, of the family and the marriage. It doesn't go so great sometimes. And that's why God gave us this book. 
so we would have success. How do we let God call the plays in our life? The book of Romans gives us this great, great verse that I love. I review this a lot in my own life when I'm thinking about God. Am I, am I, am I, am I in sync with you? Is, is the game plan of my life in alignment with what your game plan is? You know, Are we together? Am I, am I living the life you want me to live? And I regularly open God's word and ask him to show me that. And how do you, on a daily basis, let God call the plays in your life? This is Paul, kind of the, the New Testament head coach. He's writing to his team uh, in Rome, and he's saying, here's how you let God call the plays in your life on a daily basis. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, his love, his goodness, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What Paul is saying is, why would you want to let God call the plays in your life? He says, look at what he's done for you in view of God's mercy. The first 11 chapters of the book of Romans unpack God's mercy for our lives. How how God loves us. How God understands that we've all fallen short of his standards. And our life has been full of broken plays. Because we've tried to call the plays on our own. And it's led to brokenness in our marriages. In our workplaces. In our world. We just watch the news and you see the tremendous brokenness, the carnage of when we tried to call our own plays. It was a broken play. The Bible calls that sin. It's falling short of the standard. It's a broken play. And so we get tackled, right? We get tackled and tripped up by our own pride, our own selfishness, our own control. And it leads to a broken life. It leads to broken relationships. It leads to separation from the God that we love. But God, because he was rich in his mercy, looked down upon us and said, I'm not going to leave them alone, broken in a ditch. And he sent his one and only son to live the perfect life for us, but to die the perfect death for us in our place. That's all of the first book of Romans. God sent his son to die for your sins so that you could be made right with God again. So that you could be forgiven So that you could stand before God justified, made right, seen as free and forgiven, holy and blameless because of the love of God in Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And Paul said, in view of that good news, this God that loves you, this God that knows you, why would you not want to respond and offer him? In view of the fact, Tom Brady, that you have won five Super Bowls with Bill Belichick, why would you not put on a Patriots uniform and say, Bill, here I am, man. Here's my talents. Here's my treasure, here's my time, use me. I'm here for this team, I'm a patriot. I'm not Tom Brady, I'm a patriot. In the same way, Paul says, because God has chosen you and forgiven you and given you all this grace, our natural response is to say, God, here I am. Here's my body, here's my mind, here's my heart. Use me for your will on this planet. It's not about my game plan, it's about your game plan for life. And so the first thing we have to do is we have to say, God, I surrender. I I give you my life. I give you my my purpose. I give you my passion. I give you my marriage and my family. I'm here for you. In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies 
as a living sacrifice. See, God's not asking you to be a dead sacrifice. He did that for you. He sent his son. He died in your place. Now he wants you to be alive to him in Orange County. Going into your workplace as a sacrificial servant of love. Going back to your marriage as a sacrificial servant of love. Going back to your neighborhood as a sacrificial servant of his grace, mercy, and love. A living sacrifice. How does that happen on a daily basis? By not letting the world call the plays for your life. Paul says, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You know, play patterns, wide receivers, it's all a pattern, right? I'm going to go down, go left. I'm going to do a hook route. I'm going to do an out route. It's, It's a bomb. I'm going long for the end zone. It's a pattern. The world wants to give you a pattern for life that's outside of God's pattern. Do you let the world call the plays in your life? Do you let the world say to you, hey, guess guess what, man? Here's play number one. Look out for number one. <laughs> That's play number one in Orange County. Look out for number one. It's all about me. My power, my success. Doesn't matter who I have to climb over. Doesn't matter if my integrity goes out the door. Doesn't matter if I, if I ruin my marriage. It's all about me. Play number one in Orange County. Look out for number one. Play number two. Who has the most toys wins. Ah, money, power, success, right? Play number three, whatever happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Just keep it there, right? Play number four, right? Play number four, you know, what's play number four? Anybody got one? What's the world telling us to do every day? What's play number four? If it feels good, do it. There's all kinds of plays that the world and patterns that the world has given you every day. And Paul says, you don't have to play that game that's short-term and selfish and broken, you can live by a different pattern. How do I get that pattern? By taking this book every day, right? Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's the secret to the game plan. It's to take God's word and renew your mind. Read the word on a daily basis. Prayerfully reflect on it. God, what are you saying to me? Holy Spirit, what are you teaching me? What does this mean for my life and my marriage, for the way I treat my neighbor? What does this mean about who you are in my life? Read, reflect, and then respond. God, here I am. Use me to love. Use me to serve. Use me to give wisdom and blessing to my family. See, do not be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And guess what's going to come out of your life? A different pattern. Not the world's pattern. You'll start to play a different, by a different pattern. You'll start to call a different play. Do you know that God has put an onboard coach inside of your heart? You don't have a radio transmitter in your head, but you can have the Holy Spirit in your heart as a Christian, and the Holy Spirit will start to call plays in your life. As you, as you put God's word in your mind, the Holy Spirit, and he'll say, Bucky, hey, when you go home, play number four. Be quick to listen, slow to speak to your wife. Go and sit with your wife and listen to her. That's out of the book of James. Hey, Bucky, play number, play number one. Love God. It's, it's time to give thanks to God. It's time to be thankful and, and thank God for, that he's given. You didn't earn this. This is from him. So be thankful and worship him. Praise him for what he's done because this, you didn't make this happen. I, I made it happen for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, God, for what you... Thankfulness. Play number two. Love your neighbor. Hey, there's, there's a buddy. 
man down, Bucky, man down. There's a buddy. He needs help. Would you go and pray for him? Would you go and love him? Would you go hold on to him and say, your life is, matters to God? Would you share my love with him and show him that he matters to me? I'm sending you to that guy so that you can love him. Play number three. Love him. You see, as you renew your mind, as you put the playbook, God, the Holy Spirit's going to start making the calls in your life. And there'll be a new pattern. And you know what the pattern is? It's good. It's a good pattern. It's a please, it brings pleasing and satisfaction to your soul. It is, that's why these guys say the Super Bowl trophy is nice, but I got something better. The pleasing and goodwill of God is so much more satisfying than an earthly trophy. I got something way better than that. I have the love of Jesus Christ. And so the pattern will be pleasing and it will be perfect. It'll be God's will for your life and you will be changed and you will change the world. That's what God wants from you. He wants to run the plays that he calls in your life so that you'll have a pleasing and a wonderful and successful life. You're not just saved from death and sin. You're saved for something. You're not just saved from something. You're saved for something. You're saved to live an eternal life right now in Orange County. That's what God wants for you. This morning as we uh, close our service, I'm going to ask the elders of our church to come up. We want to share something with you. We're excited because over the last six months, we have been praying together as elders. We have been huddling together. We've been listening to God and listening to the scriptures, and we've been praying through his word. We've been asking him, God, show us what your vision is for our church. What do you want Watermark to look like in the future? Right? That supernatural vision comes from God's word. These men, I love these men. These men, I love them, and they serve with me. We meet together regularly. We hold each other accountable in prayer for our lives. We talk about how God wants us to lead and live in this church. And these guys are my team. I don't lead this church alone. I lead it with these men and the power of the Holy Spirit in my life. And as we've been praying, God has given us a fresh vision for the future of Watermark. When you came in, you might have gotten one of these cards these cards, uh, wave it to me if you got a card. Did you get a card? Hopefully you did. Okay, good. Awesome, there it is. These cards, this, this captures the vision that God has put on our hearts as we have prayed, as we have wrestled, as we've thought about this and talked to leaders and asked God. He's given us a fresh vision statement for our church. And we're excited to share that with you this morning. I'm going to have some of these guys share about how God impressed on them what this vision was to be about. Let me just read this vision for you. As Watermark moves forward, our vision is to build a generational community that flourishes in God conversations and the authentic love of Christ. You see it. Should have a slide on this here. There it is. Our vision is to build a generational community that flourishes in God conversations and the authentic love of Christ. And there's, there's three powerful words that frame this statement as we have prayed and wrestled that kind of just God impressed on us. The first word that you see there is generational. Gen- we want to be a generational community. The second word you'll see is conversational. We want to have God conversations with the people in our neighborhoods, the people that we love and serve in our workplaces. And the third one is we want to be authentic. We want to authentically show and share the love of Jesus Christ. I have a couple of elders here. Um, Ask them to share kind of their passion and heart for this statement, how God kind of put it on their lives for us to talk about this today. And then we're going to pray about that. The first one is going to be Gene Egan. Gene, come on up here. 
First place, Gene. I thought this this is a place we're not going to boast here this morning. I, what, what is this? Is this for, what's this for? It was an accident. I, I must have worn this shirt last year when I won the chili cook-off. Chili cook-off. Oh, okay. okay oh, right. Actually, actually All right. Betty encouraged me to wear it today. Yeah. I said, no, babe, I, I don't want to well, wear Gene that. Well, Gene is a man of true humility. I'm yeah. going to be here this morning. Yeah. Yeah. But she said, wear it for Kathleen. She hasn't seen one of these in a long time. Yeah, we're so. going yeah. to take so. it back next week. Next week, there won't be any. You can't buy yeah. off judges next yeah. week. No, no. We'll, yeah. we'll come back. Bring, bring it, Pastor. <laughs> bring it. All right, Gene's my good buddy, and he's going to talk about this idea of a generational church. Well, very quickly, thank you, Bucky, for the message. This whole, in today's message, this whole series has been, just been incredible, uh, just pouring into me, I know, and many others. So thank you for that. Um, it's, there's a reason it's right up front, build a generational community. Um, as you look at these elders, um, with the exception of Eric, who's very young, um, we have, uh, Dan is not young, he's just good looking. Um, but uh, we all have stories of our generations. Uh, as a 27-year-old coming to Christ, Bucky is a young man, uh, obviously Eric, we, we all have generational stories. Uh, we were someplace in our life when God came into it, and we want to make sure that we're reaching out, that we're a church that understands that there are young people in these seats, there are old people in these, there are, there are middle-aged, so, uh, oh, oh, yeah, old, not as old as Fred, but, <laughs> but we, it's, it's just in our heart, it's in our DNA, it's in the unity of this board that we would be a church that speaks out to all generations, and that we'd reach them when we are. You know, Bucky's like a great, like a great coach. He's here on Sunday. He's here on Sundays, and he's giving a great locker room speech. But what he really wants is he wants us all to go out, just like he sends players out on the field. A great coach sends everybody out, and Bucky and this board want to send us out into the generation so that we would uh, be a witness and a face for Jesus. That's all. Thanks, Gina. Cool. This is uh, Eric, Eric Markle. He's going to talk about this idea of God conversation. Yeah, and that includes our kids, too, part of that conversation. Um, how many people, by a show of hands, want those who do not know the love and hope of Jesus Christ to know that love and hope? Yeah, cool. So do we. So do we. Um, I didn't grow up in a Christian home, so I'm a product of somebody that was inspired by the love and hope of Jesus Christ to come have a God conversation with me. And that's how I was presented with the gospel. And so that is our hope. Um, We're excited about that. We're, We're so stoked to switch from a proclamation style church on this is the truths of the Bible and this is what we believe to these are the truths of the Bible and let's discuss this how can you apply these in your life how can you experience these in your life and how are these real for you and us so it's you know we that that hope and love of Jesus Christ we want everybody to know that and that happens through uh, God conversations that we can all have with people we uh, coworkers, family like me, none, no one in my wife or my family are Christians, it's just us, so we can have these conversations within our own fam- families and with our kids. Um, I'm getting past the 30-second mark, so I'm getting nervous. So, um, so we're excited. God conversations, we're super excited. I'm more excited because Ben has to lead us into this, so we can kind of step back now. And the last thing I'd like to say is it was such a great process of prayer and landing in a place of unity. I mean, you have a ton of different perspectives. Everyone's hearing a bunch of great stuff, and be able to kind of condense these down and be in a unified position was just a really beautiful thing. So. Awesome. Thanks, Larry. This is... Uh, Fred Wallach, who's going to talk about the authentic love. So what, what does it look like when we emote 
the love of Jesus Christ, the authentic love of Jesus Christ. Sometimes it's pretty easy. In here, perhaps, among this congregation, uh, to our wife or our husband and our family and our children and and, uh, our friends, um, sometimes it's not so easy when we go out into a workplace where people are so different than us, when we go serve the homeless that uh, we don't understand their mental incapabilities, their mental hazards. Sometimes it's the unhealthy, the poor, the just the down and out, the down and trodden, downtrodden. No, how does how does that how do, how do we do that? So um, we're going to go through this um, together, and we're going to pray that our vision, our vision of taking authentic love, intergenerational out into the community through God conversations. What does that look like? So we're going to pray for that, and what we will find is that God's going to answer those prayers. And he's going to put us in situations that are going to grow us and lead us because that's what we ask for. And we're, it, it's at, at times it's going to be uncomfortable, but that's our growth. So, Thank you, Fred. Thank you. All right. As we end our, our service here, we're going to have a time of worship. Before we do that, I've asked Vance and Danny just to finish up and pray over our church and pray over this vision and pray, the, pray for the people that we want to serve and love. So you guys go ahead and pray for us, and then Lord. we'll end in a time of worship. Lord, you, uh, you really are the God of generations, and that 2,000 years ago, you birthed this church, this gathering, this community through your Holy Spirit. And it wasn't... He is not just for us individually. In fact, that was the birth of the church when he was present in everyone's life and hearts, 150 or so, or 120. Lord, from that point on, you couldn't go on except for through generations, generation and generation and generation, and that included meeting together, having dinner and flourishing in these conversations we're talking about, and then also authentically loving. And no no way we could do that without your, like Bucky said, supernatural power. Because our sin, our, our selfishness, our deceit, our arrogance and, self and, and lust, covetousness will be too much in the way, Lord. But your love and your joy and your peace and your patience together as we look at each other as we talk to each other we can then go out and do your work as you are in us because your work is to bring more people to be forgiven instead of unforgiven lord god i pray for the others in our mission statement lord others that don't know you others that may have heard about you but have done nothing about it those others that um, don't put you first, Lord. And I pray for these others in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, uh, in our places of play, Lord. Holy Spirit, I pray that you soften their hearts and open their minds to God conversations. God conversations about you, Lord, uh, the creator of the universe, Lord. 
Um, God, you're in control. Your will be done. All glory and honor to you, Lord. Amen. Amen. To find out more about us, go online to watermarkoc.church.